0: Good afternoon, welcome in once again, Jimmy B and TC on the air with you. It's a football Friday, Brinson off on our first official football Friday of the year because, well, that's what the old man does. I got somebody new in studio with me, though. He's going to be hanging out for pretty much all day. You know his voice, you know the name, you know the crazy hat that he wears without an emblem on it. It's Wolfgang joining us. What's up, Wolfie?
1: Incredible uh, studio you have here, Trent. I've never seen the big screen. When did you get that?
0: Uh, probably a month and a half, two months ago.
1: Life is good, huh? I saw that <laughs> new car you're driving. Unbelievable. Catering in here.
0: 2011,
1: yeah. New. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? That looked too bad to me. It's got a good picture. Watch sports as my, you're talking sports. That's not bad. I was talking
0: bad. about my car. Oh, gotcha. I,
1: okay. You know what? Whatever 2011's works. 2011's new? Hey, yeah, it's not bad. New-ish. 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 Stay
0: away from those dents and you'll be all right. Well, and, hey, it's good to have you in here for for a while today. Got a couple other things uh, coming up this afternoon. Gonna be talking some NFL later. Our buddy Ryan Van Bibber will be stopping by from SB Nation, getting into preseason week number three, and of course, ready for the regular season. Another edition of the Hawkeye Swarm. Myself and Dr. Fuller, we're going to be taking a look back at the 1998-99 Iowa basketball season. We This summer, as we've been kind of looking back before we get ready to talk the actual Hawkeyes during football and basketball. We've been going back and Wolfgang, I know you're a big hoops guy. Oh, yeah. When I talk with Dr. Fuller today, I mean, we are hitting the 20-year oh. anniversary of the last time the Hawkeyes just made the second weekend of the NCAA tournament.
1: It's actually kind of sad when you think about how big of basketball fans we are. If you look at the history of Iowa basketball, this is quote-unquote the Hawkeye State, right? Sure. I think it's pretty obvious it's a Hawkeye State in terms of football. I don't know that it can be how it can be argued that it's a Hawkeye State in basketball. Can you? Any more? Not even close. You know, Johnny Orr was somewhat successful. Then you go on to, you know, Tim Floyd, mm-hmm. um, Fred Hoiberg obviously was so popular that I've got people in my family that are hardcore Hawkeye fans, and even they were rooting for Iowa State. <laughs> now you've got Prome with what he's doing there. They've won how many Big 12 titles? How many has Iowa won? Iowa hasn't really done anything in the NCAA tournament. I think Alfred won. Did he win one or two NCAA tournament games?
0: Uh, let's see. He beat... Creighton? One was
1: Creighton. I remember the Creighton one. There's always another one I think Kentucky I forget.
0: And, with uh, Tayshawn Prince, yep. The second one, they lost to Cincinnati in the first round. And then the third team lost to the Demons from Northwestern State.
1: So he won one NCAA tournament game one and all in that. three. That is, that's ridiculous. Three so tournaments now, in eight years. Then we go on to Licklider, and we have to live through that disaster. Seemed like a good man. Um, didn't hate the hire at the beginning because obviously with the Butler background, with what they've got going on there, what they did have going on there, and then how they took it to another level obviously with Stevens. I understand why you needed something like that at Iowa Trent. Mm-hmm. You needed some sort of different style of play where you could get it, but it just did not work. Right. He didn't get the players in there. He thought he was going to have 7 years in order to turn it around, but I got I got why we got rid of him. It was the worst How many year span would you think?
0: Oh, that was that 3 year run. I mean it was the worst ever, right? I mean yeah. it, it was things that were going back to like the 1940s. Yeah, Not many people remember that.
1: Yeah, when you got to go back that far, that's a little sad. So, I mean, you had to get rid of him. Fran's come in here. He's given the program a kick in the butt, which it absolutely needed. Now is he going to take the next step? I'm starting to get a little worried. I know it was only one season last year. Mm -hmm. But I talked about it before, and the momentum thing scares me a little bit. Reading people's tweets, going to the message boards, being out at sports bars and talking to people, and the negativity – with regard to what the program is going to do in the future with us losing the the in-state kid um, to Ohio State. It's just, there's negativity on the program right now. And I think this year is actually huge in terms of, is Fran going to be successful the rest of his career at Iowa? Can he make a huge jump this year? You've seen the articles out, I think it was yesterday, Trent talking about some of the players, the growth that they've made. Obviously, you have to take some of this with a grain of salt with Fran McCaffrey. it's
0: With Fran, you always have to do that. It is take everything with a huge grain of salt. He's very hyperbolic with his comments. And when you're selling a program, eight years ago, he had to do that. (laughs) Today, I don't want to say the act is wearing thin because I think that, that terminology is unfair. You do have to be a little bit more careful, though. Is that a fair characterization of it? Just be a little bit more careful when you're, when you're heaping the endless yeah. praise. They're not all Americans. They're not all going to play in the NBA. Oh. Be excited about them. Tell us about the development. But just never, don't go too far. Don't yeah. go too
1: far. For yeah, because you remember Alfred. And I used to listen to those post-game press conferences yeah. every time. Me man. too. And he never... It was never his fault. No, no, it no. It drove no. me insane. So, I mean, if we have to go from one to the other, mm-hmm. I'll definitely take Fran any day of the week because Alfred would always throw his players under the bus. It got old, and he'd talk about the things that were wrong, and the last thing he'd say the last five seconds as he was signing off with Gary Dolphin is, you know, we might, you know, defense. He'd finally get to that, and I'm like, when the last thing that you mention is defense, that's what scares me, and that's what scares me about Fran a little bit. The, every single year, we get a little bit— like a, a nugget more of information on what he teaches, what he doesn't. One year, if you'll remember, my whole thing was this team isn't blocking out. Are they, do they ever block out? Are they? Be, and then we hear what a year later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't even do. Who doesn't? Who doesn't practice rebounding in practice and blocking out? And it looked like they didn't. Trent. Sure. To me, that's just obvious stuff. What was the other thing? They didn't. Who came out and said they didn't practice defense? Well, it was never. They didn't. There was no player said. Okay.
0: I was led to believe it was Mike Gasell that said that. Wow. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'll throw out wild accusations and rumors. <laughs> that's what
1: we do. I'm trying to think who that would be. Who would be the player that had flappy gums that would talk about things? I think um,
0: that's what it was, because Leicester Cow, I believe, was the one that got that.
1: Yeah, I think it was too.
0: And and I think, but I, again, not to throw Leicester Cow under the bus either, but I can't remember even where I heard that they heard that that's where it was, but... Again, this is all speculation. We can have fun here. It's radio. Let's, yes, I'm not a journalist. No,
1: no, we're not journalists. I'm a dork.
0: I'm a dork with a microphone. That is all that I
1: am. But the one, yeah, the one thing about Fran, and I agree with you, he's got to be a little more real. He can't sit there and go down everything that the guys have. I'd almost like you remember the movie Liar Liar, yeah, with yeah Jim yeah, Carrey, yeah, yeah. where <laughs> anyway. I just almost would like one time where Fran says something and just says, you know what, Bohannon's never going to be a defensive guy. He just has, doesn't have the lateral quickness. Whoops what I just say? Uh-huh. Or, you know, Tyler Cook, you know, I'm sorry, he's just never going to be a good shooter. He just doesn't have the... Just go up and down the list to actually hear what he... Give him some sodium pentothal to actually feel hear what he says. And that's the fun thing that I'd like to do, watching this hard-knock knock stuff. If the University of Iowa had something like that on the Big Ten Network or something like that, I'd love to be able to see and pick apart what he does during practice, how he speaks to the guys, mm-hmm. um... You know, because when he's mad, he scares the bleep out of me, man. Yeah. But yeah. everybody says he's a player's coach. They love so, him. So I'm just wondering what he's like in practice. Because if you see the color of his face when he's yelling at somebody, I mean, it makes Bob Knight, you know, curl up in the fetal position. So I I don't know what he would be like at practice. He's obviously a player's coach. Everybody says it. I've heard nothing but that. He gives everybody playing time. But I'd love to look behind the curtain to see what is he doing during practice? What are the drills he's doing? What is he emphasizing? What are... The assistant coaches, what are they good at? What are they not good at? Can they go out and get some recruits? You know, can we get a freaking point guard for once? <laughs> and again, I know everybody gets mad. I love Bohannon. I love him. Yes. I guess I just want something different. Different. For once, I want to see a point guard that brings us something different that we're not used to seeing. A guy that puts fear into the defense. You
0: want Andre Woolrich. Yes. You want Andre
1: Woolrich. And
0: that doesn't make you a bad Iowa fan for wanting Andre Woolrich. Or. Wanting Montero Glasper, a guy that's lightning quick. He had his own warts. But for what you've gone through, Mike Gasell, I still believe injuries derailed him as a shooter. He had that shoulder injury early in his career, had the issues at the free throw line. And he, just, he never got the shot back. He was incredibly good off the bounce. Now, wasn't incredibly big and finishing around the rim was mm-hmm. different. He was good enough, but that changed the way he had to play because the, sh- the jumper never came along like many people envision. Bohannon has that jumper, but he has doesn't have the same kind of game off the bounce, and we, you'll want to see a combination. But you know what's going to happen? You know they're recruiting the kid from uh, the Bronx, they're recruiting the kid from down in Florida, you know guys, St. Louis kid, three point guards that they're going to be bringing in for a visit here over the next month or so. They'll get one of those three guys, but they're going to have a, for two of them. I know they don't shoot it real well, and yeah. what's going to happen? You're going to have this kid out there that can break people down, can play defense, and he's shooting 27% from three. And we're going to be sitting here talking into a microphone, Wolfgang, saying, why don't you create a point guard that can actually shoot the basketball? <laughs> you know that's yeah, what's happening. Yeah. That's and it's coming happen- from me, okay?
1: <laughs> yeah. He is I, and I am him. That's who it's coming from, me. The Today's <laughs> basketball game, you can't have a point guard that doesn't shoot, Trent. Seriously, you know that's coming. I appreciate you calling me out on that. That is coming from my Twitter account, okay? But that get, that would give us a lot of different things we could do. Again, he's a... Excuse me, he's a junior this year, so we'd only have that that combination, mm-hmm. you know, for one year. And yes, I totally agree. You need a point guard that can shoot a little bit. But looking at some of those guys film and I'll have to go back and rewatch that. Um, maybe for next week to s- I'd like to go on the record with which one of those guys you want more than the other. Okay. You know, that would be kind of fun. I've looked. I think I watched the New York guy. I and have he's watched sore, him, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. But physical,
1: Th- yeah. Thick. thick. So I'll, and I did like him and I don't know if I'm putting too much emphasis because Ooh, seem, doesn't seem like we've seen a point guard in the Fran era that's like this a little bit. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm like wanting it too bad, even though how much will he really help? I don't know. I just want to—he looked tough. He looked like he played defense. Um, I'd have to go back and watch this. He looked like he had handle, and he looked like, you know, when he got into the lane, he wasn't really worried about scoring, mm-hmm. which is fine. Have the defense collapse on you and give it to somebody that's athletic and just throw it over somebody. Yeah. So he doesn't really necessarily have to be able to finish. I think people were getting too on him for that. But I have to look at the other two kids. There's a kid coming in from Florida, I believe, first, maybe, Um, which I I haven't seen him. Have you?
0: I haven't. I just saw it was like one of those minute clips. So you can't read a ton into something like that. And then a kid from St. Louis. So three point guard prospects, all varying degrees. The one thing all of them talked about, good quickness, good defenders. Well, what do they need? Combo it up. All right. Now, if you could just find one guy that could do all those things, just get one of those McDonald's All-Americans <laughs> that could do it all. Just just find a, I don't know, Westbrook, James Harden. Oh, yeah. Just find one of those guys. If you, I mean, game would be a lot easier if I could get a guy like that, right?
1: And that's what scares me about not getting the kid from Bettendorf. This is the kind of thing where it started to get negative with Dr. Tom, not being mm-hmm. able to get the Ray Floprenzes, yes. the Collisons, the Heinrichs. Who else am I forgetting? N-
0: well, okay. and, and to be fair, it was really Ray Floprenz because that was the one that completely turned the time. It was, frankly, unheard of for a guy that Iowa wanted up until that point from the state of Iowa. Now, Iowa didn't have a whole lot of those guys, but mm-hmm. when they did, they went to Iowa. And when that changed, and you hear the stories that Roy Williams was hanging out, you know, in his parents' front porch, and Dr. Tom was on the golf course, and, and all the different things. And the <laughs> AU basketball, Dr. Tom's on the golf course, and he's watching every AAU game. But it was different. Collison... And Heinrich, though, were after Dr. Tom was a lame duck coach. That was his final season, their senior year of high school. So not completely fair to pin it on him. And I've told this before, Wolfgang, I'm from that area. Played against Collison in high school. It wasn't pretty, as you could imagine. Yeah, he was good. Uh, Him and Lindemann, that Iowa Falls team, was ridiculously good. But a lot of people, I still have friends from the Iowa Falls area, tell me that if Iowa had a coach, and it didn't matter if it was Steve Alford or Kevin Stallings, who it looked like was going to get the job, if they would have just fired Dr. Tom instead of letting him add that lane duck here, that Collison would have been an Iowa Hawkeye. Again, wild speculation. Apparently, that's all I'm doing with you here today. No, that's fine because I've heard the same things. Have yeah, not yeah.
1: from hardcore sources or anything like yeah. that? But stuff bleeds from family members and and coaches yeah. and stuff and friends and all. And, the,
0: and who knows? It, say Iowa would have fired Dr. Tom, hired Kevin Stallings. Kevin Stallings. Not exactly. He's got to get along with, and, and suddenly he comes in and Kyle says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I got better options yeah. than playing for this this guy." And but, Coach Unknown, that is something that I've always told. Another boy, the Hawkeye what ifs throughout time. Well,
1: okay. you you can't at the University of Iowa. You can't let that kind of those guys get away. You can't let those guys get away, especially when your problem now is not problem again. We had Gazelle. We love Gazelle. Bohannon, we love certain aspects of his game. So I'm not saying he can't get a point guard, but Clemens wasn't bad. No, not at all. I I thought he was a little overrated as a defender, but I mean, he got after it. Mm -hmm. Um, The Dickerson kid, I never understood why they couldn't get him to understand because he had speed, but he'd go 100 miles an hour the whole time Mm -hmm. instead of understanding pace a little bit and... Upshifting shifting and down and That's he would never do you it. Love.
0: you You love the up-shift and shifting and down-shifting. You
1: don't have to be the quickest ever. Yes. And he would just go, so guys would just run with him the whole time yeah. instead of, you know. I, I just never got why they couldn't teach him that because um, he had potential there, again. He played and in Georgetown this year. Is he really? He did. Oh, he I didn't completed. know that. Yeah,
0: because he left Iowa, went to South Dakota.
1: Yeah, I remember that. I did
0: not. I'll be damned. Pretty nice player there. He was a grad transfer then as he was going to two JUCOs. Iowa, South Dakota, finishes his career at Georgetown. Imagine that. Five different schools during his college career. See,
1: I had forgotten the and idea he played... that he might graduate and move on because and... I thought he was out of years. I didn't. No,
0: no, had one left. And as a grad transfer, went to Georgetown and played, I think, 12, 14 minutes a game, something like that. He played. Georgetown wasn't great. They played a terrible non-conference. I mean, you think Franz is bad. You should have taken a look at Patrick <laughs> yeah. Ewing, what he put together a year ago, and it's going to be the same. <laughs> it sounds like this year. But, hey, played a little bit of Georgetown. You talk about an all-encompassing career from all the high schools that he was at, two junior colleges, Iowa, South Dakota, Georgetown. Kid is, he's seen the country before even playing a professional minute. You hear about those stories when you go playing from the the Iowa Wolves to the Rio Grande Valley Vipers to Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Yep. This is all in your college career. But that aside, hey, speaking of what-ifs, I, uh... I was reading something today,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Wolfgang. Thirty years ago was a season of Barry Sanders. I'm sure in your formative years, you remember 2,850 yards rushing over a 12 game schedule, 11 regular season games in the bowl game, 2,850 yards rushing from Barry Sanders. So ESPN has an article up, and I was reading through that last night. Just great memories. Have a few of those, you know, from back as a youngster and, and watching him couple of guys and we didn't get to see oklahoma state every week like we can today but it was special they brought up though why nebraska didn't come calling why oklahoma didn't come calling Why right, this kid from wichita just had three offers and, and they kind of lay out the, the excuses there but his three offers the three schools he was looking most closely at obviously oklahoma state where he ended up tulsa and iowa state now just for a moment <laughs> Play this game with me. It, we kind of make fun of Iowa State football during that era, but they're in the mid '80s. They had a couple of decent teams. One that went six and five didn't go to a bowl game because there weren't that many bowls back then. You had to be seven, sometimes eight or nine wins just to be get into a bowl. And another year, in fact, his final season at Oklahoma State, they were five and six that year. You don't think Barry Sanders worth a, a couple of victories and how? different it could have been for Kreiner, how different it could have been for Jim Walden. If you got Barry Sanders playing running back for you, talk about great what-ifs. There's, no, there's a what-if for you.
1: Yeah, see, I I don't think you know this, but yeah, Barry Sanders is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, player of all time. So yeah. I followed Detroit for years and years and years. You know, I kind of switched back and forth with teams.
0: <laughs> no wonder you don't got an NFL team. If
1: Well, <laughs> no, I did. I did for 16 years. I was a Miami Dolphin fan. Oh,
0: okay. With okay.
1: Uh, Marino. And then when Marino retired, I've been... Zigzagging back and forth, the rest of, you know, loved Bob Sanders and Dallas Clark, so I was a Colts fan for quite a while. But back in the day, yeah, I've watched Barry Sanders a ton. To this day, I don't think – I guess you can argue who the best running back is of all time. We can probably all, you know, agree to disagree on certain players they have. A lot of the old people would say Jim Brown. I didn't see him. I wouldn't know. Um, Eric Dickerson, Walter Payton is probably one guy that you love. Mm -hmm. I love Barry Sanders. I don't think we can argue – has there ever been a more fun guy to watch at running back than Barry Sanders? I've never seen anything like him. His 0-60. to 60, yep. Now, sometimes he would get caught from behind with his little... But 0-60, to 60 boom, he'd get... It was just amazing how he made guys that were as athletic, you know, quick, fast, strong, as he made... He just made them look stupid at points. And I don't even think that can be argued. Who, who would be the second most fun guy to watch? That's how... I know people... The old people would say Gale, Gale Sanders or Gale... Gale Sayers. Uh, Gale Sayers, but...
0: Walter Payton was me because... and. Now, by the time that I really remember watching him, he was on the backside of his career, but I remember watching old NFL films. You know, He, he was their backup quarterback. He would throw the football and halfback passes a lot. His leaping ability, jumping into the end zone. So that's one for me when he kind of all-encompassing. 85, he was still really good, but at the end of the career when I really remember, eh, he was not a shell of him for himself, but he wasn't the same kind of guy. He was a lot of fun because he wasn't just a great running back. Emmett Smith was a running back and that's it. Emmett Smith, to me, is one of the most overrated players in the NFL, but that aside, Barry Sanders, different level, and he could have been an Iowa State I can't even,
1: so who would have been the, when was Blaze Bryant? Let's see, who did Iowa State have as a running back then? Because Blaze Bryant was pretty good, I I don't remember him, I'm not going to lie. A couple
0: years earlier than that, but yeah, right, right in the same era, they were close. Kreiner brought in some bad dudes. You, you saw and, and got in some trouble for, mm-hmm. yeah. for some of the guys that they brought in there during that, that mid-80s period. It's it's also kind of interesting to look. Iowa State was so far behind by the time we got into, you know, this new era of football and recruiting and and just everything that went in until J.B. Pollard got people to invest back in the program. Well, think if they had some good teams there in the mid-80s. What, what if they made a couple of bowl games? And you bridge that gap from the, the mid-70s when they had the great run with majors and company. And then you had a couple of teams in the 80s, and then all of a sudden, Dan McCarney doesn't have to dig out of as a yeah. deep of a hole. And the fan base is more energized. And w- when it goes south for McCarney, you, can, you don't have that same kind of gap in there. It's just revisionist history, and I know that's what this is. And this is speculation about something that never actually happened. I love this stuff. Am, am I alone?
1: No. Am, am I weird about this? No. So yeah, if you literally, I mean, we're not just talking about G. whiz, What if they got an okay running back? We're what we're getting. What I think is the most exciting, spectacular, din- dynamic college running back, and maybe NFL running back of all time.
0: It was uh, there was a story in that story at ESPN.com. Go read it; it's awesome.
1: Yeah, I saw it, but I, I didn't get a chance to read it. Now
0: it uh, <laughs> and it mentions Thurman Thomas, obviously another great running back who was a year ahead of mm-hmm. him. Yep, and. He was the starter during the first two seasons that Barry Sanders was on campus. And mentioned late in the game, Sanders came in against, it was either Oklahoma or Nebraska. One of the two ripped off a long run. Oklahoma State got blown out, but he had the big play in the game. And as they were watching film, the other side, whoever was watching the film, Oklahoma or Nebraska, said... Well, I hope that Thurman Thomas kid plays because the backup's <laughs> yeah. a whole lot better. Yeah. I
1: mean, <laughs> don't injure Thurman, okay? Right, right. right. Just tickle him down to the ground <laughs> because we don't want up, that right? little midget in there. Five. What do, what do you weigh in college, I wonder? Oh, boy.
0: 190? He, he Yeah, that's his, especially by the time he was in the NFL, his thighs were thick. Yeah. He was
1: small. See, and I like yeah. those kind of running backs. I like yeah. the berries, the guys that can just. Big plays. And that's what mm-hmm. football's a lot about now. Yeah. I don't know why it took us so long to realize that yeah, I mean big plays are a good thing. It's hard to put together forty seven play drives. Yeah, right. I mean you can do it, sure, but it's it's not easy. That's I like the Akron Wadleys. The guys that who else? Uh the IKM. It sounds like everybody's loving that guy. Absolutely. I don't know what, what's happened. You didn't like him last year when you watched him? We didn't see the potential there? That another yards year's to carry. gonna do?
0: Average nine yards a carry.
1: Again, I'm not saying he's you know yeah. Barry Sanders, and I listen to your podcast. Your guy Jace likes him too, right? Yes, he does. So that was yeah. the kind of joke he's been pumping him up forever.
0: Going back to Kids Day a year ago, not the one just a couple weeks oh, ago. really? But a year ago, the first time anybody got to see him okay. in that capacity. He Came back, he said, "Hey, this Ivory Kelly Martin. I don't know. Really, right? This kid's probably not even going to play. What are you talking about?" And it's funny. Um, earlier this week, we had Pat Hardy on the program. Oh yeah, he mentioned he was talking to somebody. Close to the Iowa football program, and when the whole Eno Benjamin deal was going down, as that was happening, they pulled Pat aside and said, It's really not that big of a deal, they already have a better running back anyway. And Ivory Kelly Martin, well, he's not as highly regarded, didn't have the same kind of offers as being mm-hmm. Eno Benjamin. And you know, I Pat kind of said, I, I scoffed at it, maybe they were onto something. He is a good looking prospect. And, and that home run hitting ability a big part. Well, we got to take a break here. We've been rambling for too long. Sorry, man. That's all right. That's all right. We're gonna have fun here. Wolfgang sitting in with me today. Back with more on the other side. We got NFL talk again coming your way a little bit later on with Ryan Van Biber. The Hawkeye Swarm with a look back at basketball. The '98 '99 team with Doctor Stephen Fuller of Fuller Family Dentistry. All to come here on seventeen hundred. We're going to the pros. Ryan Van Biber from SB Nation. He joins us here on a Football Friday. What's happening, Ryan? Oh, not much. It's Getting ready
2: for uh, preseason to get wrapped up here.
0: <laughs> so, uh, quite the night last night. Now, we've been kind of, I don't know, we've been given a little extra. You get two, three, sometimes four games on that Thursday night, first couple of weeks of the preseason. That went away last night, a standalone game, 5 nothing. just like we all had it wrapped up, right, with Cleveland <laughs> and the Eagles. Yeah, um, I, I don't know
2: about the preseason, but uh, there's only been three regular season games in the history of pro football in the United States that have ended in a 5 nothing <laughs> score like that. So
0: Few and far between. Well, we can go a lot of different directions, waiting for our, obviously, Carson Wentz to come back. Foles didn't look great, Eagles aside, because I think the Eagles are still going to be fine. That Cleveland defense with Miles Garrett, that was the takeaway for me last night, what I saw out of him coming off the edge. I don't want to overrate this Cleveland team. They get the hard knocks bump. It happens every single year. But could Cleveland be decent? Oh, they have
2: the talent to be. I mean, I you know, there's the talents on both sides of the ball, too. And, and you know, that was really, especially for Browns fans, miles garrett to see him so productive last night because he didn't you know he had a hard time getting started last year and then obviously the injury sort of you know took the oomph out of most of his season in, in 2017 so that had to be refreshing to see i'm not the biggest i don't like the defense that greg williams runs i think it's uh leaves things a little vulnerable in the middle of the field i've certainly saw that even during his time with the rams so uh um, but, you know, uh, there's talent there, and that goes a long way. I mean, so it's, uh, you know, when you have a pass rusher like Garrett and you have a front, a defensive front like they have, I mean, Garrett's obviously the standout guy there, but, you know, there's quite a bit of talent. So, uh, you know, they can make some noise and do some damage, and, and, and they, let's not underrate the offense. I mean, it's a much better group. They have good running backs. They offensive line's a little shaky. You lose Joe Thomas, that's not somebody that's easily uh, easily replaced, but... You know, for the first time I think I can remember in Cleveland history, they've got you know two viable quarterbacks.
1: So, yeah, we're with uh, Ryan uh, Van Bibber. Um, Ryan, this is Wolfgang. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, big, I got an Oklahoma background in my family, so I've pretty much seen every pass that he's thrown. I've seen every pass he's thrown in the NFL so far. Um, from what you've seen so far, has he surprised you? Has he impressed you? Has he? What, what would you say on that front?
2: Um, you know. I was I'm surprised because typically I think there's a you know there's a little bit of a lag for college quarterbacks even the top guys coming out um, you know and you saw that a little bit obviously Mayfield in the, so far in the preseason hasn't been perfect I mean I don't think anybody you know is ready to give him an All Pro bid just yet but you know what I really like last night is he's got two things going for him we knew he could do this because we saw it at Oklahoma so much but just you know he works really well out of the pocket he's got nice footwork he knows how to extend plays and keep plays alive with his feet when, when pass rushers are coming. And that's kind of a key with that, especially, you know, playing with the second and third team Browns offensive line. But, uh, you know, he, he, he stands well in the pocket. I mean, he's not afraid. He makes his reads and that's really reassuring. I mean, a rookie quarterback is going to have his ups and downs, but you know, to see a guy that comfortable and that, you know, poised in the pocket, that, that, that bodes well for his future.
0: Other rookie quarterbacks, who are you like in what you've seen to this point of the five guys, varying degrees of success, going back to the draft uh, back in the spring, Ryan, we've we talked about this group a whole lot, and they're going to be kind of measured in different ways against each other. What have you seen out of the other four guys after Baker Mayfield? What do you like, and, and what concerns you?
2: Well, you know, I, I watching college football, I always thought, you know, Lamar Jackson was one of the more exciting players to watch, and, you know, he's not Been quite. I don't think he has quite lived up to the hype he had coming into the draft just yet. He'll be fine. They don't need to throw him into the fire just yet. Joe Flacco looks okay. I think probably having a first round pick push him a little bit helped. And obviously they brought in considerable amount of talent there. So you know he'll be all right. He's going to take his lumps and get his reps and and learn the system a little bit behind Flacco. Darnold's obviously look. I mean, I I think the, the similar thing. You know what I said with Mayfield regarding the way Darnold looks in the pocket. I think that's you know, that bodes well for his future too. That's just not something you can you could teach a kid a playbook, but you can't teach him to stand tall in the pocket and, uh, and, uh, and find his receiver. So that, that's good. You know, a guy that's really not getting enough attention. And I think part of it has to do with, it's just not going to be a very good football team in Arizona this year, but Josh Rosen, I know Sam Bradford, if he's healthy, is probably going to get a starting job, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rosen's in there before too long, not just because of Bradford's injury history. He's just a much better quarterback. He looks, He's looked really solid in the
1: preseason so far. Yeah, we're with Ryan Van Biver. Um, Ryan, Minnesota Vikings, um, I think they've got one of the best rosters, if not the best roster in the NFL. Tell me about their offensive line. I can't pick them to win the Super Bowl yet unless I find out if their offensive line is can at least be okay. I'm not needing it to be one of the best in the league, but they've got so much talent on offense, if they can't protect – the quarterback and they can't open holes for the running back. Then I'm not even going to come close to picking them. Can the offensive line at least be adequate?
2: Yeah, no. I mean, I think it, I think it'll be all right. I think it, there has a chance to be better a better unit than it was last year. So I mean, I like the Riley Reif addition this year. I thought that was a smart move for them to bring him bring him in at left tackle. I mean, Mike Rimmers in at guard is a, it's a good spot for him. I think he's a much he's a player who's much better suited to play on the inside like that. You got a rookie tackle and Brian O'Neill, who's you know looked all right i mean looks like they could throw him in there in a pinch if they need him to 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 step up so it's a you know it's a good mix, and I think it's nice too that you've got obviously it just helps the offensive line in terms of pass protection but uh you know cook i mean cook's a heck of a running back. we didn't get to see very much of him last year last year before his injury, but you know he's one of those guys that can make an offensive line look a little better than they are even and that's a uh, You know, that's going to go a long way to taking some of the pressure off Cousins.
0: Ryan, uh, I was thinking of you as I was reading an article today on the Rams and Jared Goff getting ready for year three. You know, the pieces are in place. Donald will be there at some point, we anticipate. And the Rams have expectations, kind of Super Bowl or bust, with what they did in free agency. Part one is this team and is Jared Goff ready to ascend to that kind of step? And part two, after the Rams left your town down there in St. Louis and you cover them so closely. Does it kind of suck seeing what they've been able to do the last couple years?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, I I tell you, that's the worst part about it is, you know, I can adjust because I was able to adjust to the move just fine. The thing that burned me out on the Rams at the end was just that, you know, standing by Jeff Fisher in spite of the results. (laughs) But, you know, I'm glad. They're a much more entertaining team to watch now with McVay. He did that offense did wonders for Jared Goff. I think he should, you should see a normal progression from him he should be even better this year as he starts to learn you know he it was really a case of the offense working for him and now i think he's going to be able to contribute more in his third season in the league and second season in that offense so that's a, uh, you know that's a good sign they have plenty of talent there's no shortage of talent there you've got Gurley, obviously sort of still the focal point of that offense it's uh you've got a defense that does nice things for the offense in terms of field position and everything like that too so it's a uh, you know, I, they may not, uh, it, you wonder, like, with some of the big plays and stuff that they were able to rattle off, is they're going to be able to, to replicate that. That's not necessarily, you know, 40, 30, 40-yard 40 chunk plays like that aren't something that you can just sort of repeat at will. There's a little bit of luck sometimes involved in that. But, you know, I, I think they're fine. I think they're right up there with the Vikings and the Saints and, uh, you know, the Eagles as sort of the, the top tier in the NFC.
0: Ryan, uh, one more before we let you get out of here. We're talking with Ryan Van Bibber. Uh, across the state now, I guess your state's team is the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, that throw a week ago from, uh, from this Friday night. <laughs> it, I mean, people fall in love with an arm. And yes, can it be overrated at a time? Absolutely. But that was a wild moment. What's the expectation in your mind for Patrick Mahomes this year in Kansas City?
2: It's high. I'm telling you what wow. fans especially. I mean, yep. you know, you you look at I, you, that pass was the only that pass has surpassed his um, you know, his week 17 pre, his week 17 game last season in terms of the legend of Pat Mahomes right now. So, it's uh, Chiefs fans have a lot of hopes riding i him and understandably so. He's exciting and he's in a perfect situation. He's got, you know, a good offensive line around him and incredible skill players with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelce and Kareem Hunt. Sammy Watkins, I mean, they're loaded for Bear there, so he's in a great situation, and you know, as as we saw with that throw, his arm opens up a lot more of the playbook than Alex Smith had available to him.
0: No doubt about that. Hey, good stuff as always. Thank you so much for your time, Ryan. Full slate for you. What are you guys working on over at SB Nation as we get ready for the season? (laughs)
2: Well, we're getting right ready for the big season preview next week, so nice. uh, swing by and check it out. It's going to drop on Wednesday, going to have all kinds of stuff, a whole new in-house stats for you, if, if stats are your thing. We got Ooh. you. So.
0: Oh, well, I, I think we might might be giving you a call on Wednesday or Thursday after that gets rolled out, because I, I have a feeling I'm going to be reading through a lot and have a lot of questions for you. Well, I'll be here, ready to go. Sounds good. Thanks, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. That's Ryan Van Biber joining us. Find him on Twitter at JustRVP. Good stuff on the NFL. Wolfgang, so who's your team this year?
1: Well, the reason I was asking, I couldn't remember if he was the same guy you interviewed last week. And I thought, I think if he was, he's the guy that said the offensive line is going to be pretty good for the Vikings. If that's even close to right, I'm picking them to win the Super Bowl because the rest of their roster is sick. It, It
0: is. And it went from feel good coming into camp. And then they had a bunch of injuries early on, and it seems like most of these injuries weren't as debilitating as first thought. It feels like they are kind of rounding into form here. You're right. If that offensive line is average, slightly above average, where's the weak spot?
1: There's there's nothing. Their defense is going to be first, second, third, and,
0: right? <laughs> they they just signed George Aloka from the, the Bengals. Safety, yeah. Who, who's, I mean, a top, certainly a top 20 strong safety in the league. He's... He's a weird kind of hybrid kind. He's almost like an outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. He's big. There are certain guys that he can't cover because he's. But he's a rangy guy. Is your number three safety? Uh, no big deal.
1: It's just <laughs> where where yeah you're saying exactly right now. I know a ton of people don't like Cousins. I I don't get that. I don't get it because he's, he's not Brent Favre. It. He can't carry the Redskins.
0: Look at that organization. It's a dumpster fire that he played for. He played in Washington with one of the worst owners in professional sports, the wide receivers that he had. There were, Santana and Moss was a nice player, but he's in the back end of his career. Jordan Reed's good. He's never healthy. It just, you go through what he has had to deal with throughout the time. Finally get an offensive line Revan, with Brandon Scherf being a part of that. Mm-hmm. And then they have a bunch of injuries and then they completely fall off. He just, he puts up numbers. You can say they're hollow numbers. I do, get, I understand that argument. I don't completely agree with it, but I understand where people are going from here. I just like that for the first time that I can remember in a long time, a Minnesota sports team actually went all in. So We we talk about Iowa nice, there's Minnesota nice. It's the same type of thing. Midwest nice really is what it is. Uh, You know, we're happy being pretty good. I see this with my twins, you know, make the playoffs throughout the 2000s and, and then get throttled by the Yankees. But hey, you won 92 games and that was fun. Got through the summer and... And fought off the mosquitoes watching some Twins baseball. We're good. (laughs) See that with the Timberwolves. Oh, you know what? Are we really going to go out and add another piece? We already got Latrell Sprewell and Kevin Garnett. Yeah, You know, Glenn Taylor go over the tax. It's not your money. Who cares about Glenn Taylor's billions of dollars going away? (laughs) Don't worry about stuff like that. It's so un-Minnesota-like,
1: but... (laughs) Or is it? Remember two years ago when uh, they lost their starting quarterback, so they went. They gave a first-round draft pick for Sam Bradford, which is probably too much. But they weren't willing to throw away that season. Yes. I'm telling you, Sam Bradford is not bad at all if you can protect him. And they went after him. They got him. So that's why I'm going to be real pissed if this year, this whole roster and this whole team goes down the drain like it did two years ago the because they line. didn't decide to address that. And they did, I think. They got a second round, I think, draft pick yeah. on the offensive line. Um, like you said, the, last year they brought in Reef and uh, yeah. Metters or whatever's, whatever his Remember, name is. So yeah. yeah. So um, to me... I'm going to do a little more homework on the offensive line for the Vikings, and the Vikings fans have to be absolutely elated right now with the possibility of, and I haven't looked at the NFL. Have you looked at, like, who are the favorites now? Oh, Vegas-wise? Yeah.
0: Well, I'll give you one guess on who the top betting favorite is.
1: So it's New England again? Yes, it is. They lost quite a bit, though. Yeah,
0: it doesn't matter. It doesn't, does it? It doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't, yeah. They can't find a wide receiver. Let's bring in all these little midgets. (laughs) And it's unbelievable what they do. And... They're I unbelievable. Believe the
0: correct nomenclature is little
1: people. I'm sorry, little people. Yes, okay. I that's what they like. Riley <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't like would either Riley, of those. <laughs> How about we're all just <laughs> human, Trent? <laughs> okay.
0: Why, why are you throwing <laughs> it back at me? You're the one that said hey, it. Hey, if
1: you're going to get all politically correct, I can throw it right back at you. <laughs> little people. Yes, little people. Okay.
0: Riley McCarran. My
1: fellow up. human beings. There you go. Thank you.
0: We got to take a break. It's been fun. It has. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right, back with a little bit more here as we take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. Wolfgang will be back in to kick off the 5 o'clock hour. But uh, quickly, the big story on the local front for today is what happened at Iowa State a suspension of four football players. Matt Campbell said today, we have worked diligently to develop a culture of accountability in our program, and these young men have failed to live up to those expectations, unquote. That is a statement from Iowa State football coach Matt Campbell. Four suspended players today, including Tavon Kyle, Javion Morton, Joseph Skates, and Dallas Taylor-Cortez, Skates was, uh, certainly at least in terms of recruiting circles, the most highly regarded. This was a young man that had offers from some of the best of the best in college football. Questions about, was he going to be able to be a player that qualified academically? I know that was a big question mark, so certainly something to uh, keep an eye on. On the eve of the season here, a week before we get to game week, and those four players have been suspended. We've heard some of their names at different times going back, you know, to different conversations that that people have had. Skates an opportunity for him to play as a true freshman this year, 6'3", 180 size. He was the a top 300 player nationally, top 10 player coming out of Ohio, really talented player and now you kind of get into, you know, what else? What what else is happening here? How deep does this go? What exactly does it mean? Leads to, as you can imagine, a whole lot of speculation out there. We'll leave the speculation aside for now. See what we can find out coming up this weekend, what's happening there. And, you know, speaking of rumors, there were rumors out there before last night and uh, the conversation that Campbell and others had at the uh, coach's Downtown deal, uh, downtown. You know, it's funny how an injury, how it can just grow and turn into. It's like he a game of telephone, right? And it feels like that's what happened. and PV was the one that a lot of people assumed it was. He was a little bit banged up, but nothing debilitating. Matt Campbell said last night, everything's okay, everything's good there, and away we go. It'll be Iowa State, South Dakota State in Week One. And our final football Friday without the college game over the weekend, we'll have Hawaii, Colorado State, Wyoming, New Mexico State, two games on Saturday. A lot of preseason football, and we got a whole lot more. Coming back, kicking off the 5 o'clock hour, Wolfgang steps back in with me, Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG.